The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Buck Sexton, and you're listening to the Tudor Dixon Podcast, part of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Podcast Network. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. I'm Tudor Dixon, and I'm glad you're joining me today. Joe Biden recently announced his bid for re-election. And in this commercial, because, of course, it's pre-taped and he didn't do it live. But in this commercial, he accuses conservatives of banning books. Now, we've all seen these parents who are fighting against pornographic materials in their school. But my guest today has decided to take a different route and publish good books, just publish good books with good people so that families can read to their children and feel safe doing it. Trent Talbot, CEO of Brave Books, a new conservative publishing house. They want to get the wokeness out of bedtime. Trent, tell me all about it. Hey, Tudor. Thanks for having me. You said it. We're a Christian conservative children's book publishing company. And our mission is to create a brand that parents can trust with their children's imagination. That's an issue out there right now. You know, parents really don't know where to turn. A lot of parents have to read all the books beforehand. They feel like they have to watch all the TV shows. And our children's imagination is a precious thing. I just felt that there needed to be a brand out there that that parents can trust that made just really, really good books. But we sort of took it a step further. I don't know how much you know about us, but we have a book of the month club in which we come out with a new book every single month. And they're all in this universe that we built called Freedom Island. And our characters are animals and we've got the good guys. And then we've got the villains like Blackheart and Culture the Vulture and all these really fun characters that, that, uh, that kids just... They just get sort of lost in this world. So like their best day of the month is whenever their brave book comes in. And it's been great. You know, what we hear from our from our subscribers is that is that the kids just eat this content up and and it's made them like passionate about learning, passionate about reading. And then, you know, each book teaches a different lesson or or value that is, you know, um, traditional pro God, pro American. And it's created a lot of really good conversations between parents and kids. It sort of reminds me of when we were kids and there were highlights magazines that you got and you got one every month and you got to go through it with your parents or at the dentist's office and and learn some stuff along the way. So what are the ages for these books? Four to ten. We started with picture books. 
our vision is for the next 50 to 100 years when Christian conservative parents or when their kids hit three to four years old, they start their subscription and they get a new book, new picture book every month for about five years. And then it switches to chapter books and then mm. middle grade novels. And all the while you're we're providing live action TV shows, animated television shows, potentially animated movies, and just to create this this world and characters that children are growing up in and growing up with the topics sort of mature as the kids mature. And so that their, their morality and character is, is shaped in a positive way, as opposed to, you know, what, what's currently happening, which is just, they're being confused. Yeah. Well, as a mom, of course, I love this, but you sort of this, I mean, this kind of jumped to fame when you were out there saying, you know what, we're going to have story time at libraries. And you teamed up with Kirk Cameron. Now you you have folks, celebrities, I guess I would say, um, writing all of these books that are involved in all of this. But you, you kind of started this story time with Kirk Cameron and libraries just didn't respond. And you were responding to this drag queen story time and said, you know what, we want to go in from a Christian perspective have books that are building kids up and we want to have somebody that is well known. I mean, I grew up with growing pains, you know, for me, I'm like, this is the all American guy, Kirk Cameron coming in and you got no response. Did you? Well, one to speak on Kirk, he's the real deal. You know, I, I've gotten to know him very well as we've sort of been touring the country together. He's legit. And I just think the world of him and it's been an absolute pleasure to to be able to work with him, you know, and such we've we've done so much more than we originally thought. We thought we were just going to launch a little book. But, yeah, the story is, is that you know, he wanted to do some book readings. And so we were like, well, you know, instead of going, you know, to places like Houston, you know, where we know we'd get a huge crowd, we wanted to go into communities that may not be hearing a lot of these topics. Mm, you know, his book is on the fruits of the spirit and and biblical wisdom. And so we wanted to go in some of those those communities and we thought, well, let's just go, let's reach out to all the libraries that had hosted Drag Queen Story Hours. And if we thought we were going to get some to say, yeah, well, we didn't really think that they could say no. You know, we thought it was just- <laughs> right. Yeah. You didn't know that they can choose. Right. I mean, it's a public library, right? Right. That, that was our thought. And, but they- either ignored us or they out, outright said, no, you're not welcome. This book goes against our values here at, at the library. And then, and then, yeah. Did they into- actually come out and say it went against their values? Oh yeah. Um, well, what are, did you ever ask, what are those values? Because how can you have men dressed in lingerie right. reading to children, but you can't have something about the fruits of the spirit. But it was something along the lines of like, we believe in diversity and mm. and this goes this goes against our core belief of diversity so anyway, we had a field day with that obviously because it just makes absolutely no sense and that basically you're saying that you're only going to have people of one you know that, that believe one side of the of the aisle if you will and he ended up um threatening to sue more or less um, for a violation of his first amendment to a couple libraries, um, Indianapolis Public Library and Scarsdale in New York. They backed down after that threat. We hosted a story hour, they were huge. In, in Indianapolis, we had like 25 people show up. There's a six floor six floor library. Each one was at capacity. So he, we, he was he was going down from floor to floor, stopping by, saying hi. It was like, it was nuts. This uh, was in Indianapolis? Yeah, in, in Indianapolis, yeah. That is so awesome. Just it goes awesome. to show that the values of the community are a little different than whoever wrote that letter. 
Yeah. And, and that's, that's what happens. It's, it's the loudest people end up grabbing a hold of power in these institutions and they definitely don't speak for the people. And yeah, it was, it was an incredible time. Um, there was like, God bless America songs just breaking out naturally. We weren't leaving them or anything. Oh. This is really sweet. So anyway, after that, we were like, well, Hey, let's keep this going. Let's, let's do more libraries. And, and, it's been fun. We've done them all over. And a lot of times crazy stuff happens. Like in um, Hendersonville, Tennessee, the library director was like banging books while we were trying to read and and um, ended up getting fired. And so there's just been all this. Oh, like, wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to say that that is an interesting situation because we rarely hear that the person who is attacking the conservative or who they believe to be conservative actually has any repercussions from that. So I'm impressed to hear that the librarian who was doing that was let go. And I'm not saying that I'm rejoicing in that. I'm saying that the behavior should have consequences. And it seems like there's only consequences on one side. And, and oftentimes those are unfair. Yeah, we were definitely surprised. But Hendersonville is a, a very conservative area. Um, but again, it's those... It's for whatever reason, the left is just good at seizing power of our public spaces and our public institutions. I mean, I love what you're doing because you're getting right to the kids and you're starting this early. But it really seems like our students are going to college and they're getting this indoctrination in our universities. And you see, I mean, even just taking this latest example of Bud Light and you either, you know, everybody's questioning, what did the leadership at Bud Light think when this came out? Because it seems like there was a bit of a disconnect there. But why is it that these people who really don't understand what the majority of the country wants, because truly, I mean, over 80% of the country really believes in strong American values. So why is it that these very few people are getting into positions of power and causing this division? I think it's a multi, there's, there's a, a few factors. One is the left has taken control of our institutions, all of them, you know, mm -hmm. so a lot of these big corporations they're obviously woke, you know, we see it with Bud Light and, and it, it, everywhere. And, and if you're, if you're left leaning, you have a better chance of advancing because typically the boards are, are run by the left. And then secondly, we all live in our bubbles, you know, the, the, the left and the right there, what's normal to them is not normal to us, you know? And so, so then you have, you have people that are in their bubble who are running organizations or institutions that affect people that are in a completely different bubble. And it's just like sometimes like moments like the Bud Light deal where it's like, whoa, that doesn't make any sense. From what I understand, you had Riley Gaines at one of these library book readings and there was pretty, you talked about the librarian that was banging books. I mean, they were playing music. This is becoming a, a thing. When you do these book readings, the people, you have a huge outpouring of love from the community but the people within the library in some cases are actually attacking the moment in whatever way they can, banging books, playing music. How can that possibly be when you have someone like Riley Gaines, who is should should historically have been looked at as, wow, this is really a champion for girls, whether even if you take away all of the social or cultural issues are surrounding her, she's a champion. Shouldn't we be excited about a champion swimmer talking to kids? Yeah, you would think so. She hasn't done a book with us, but she is she's amazing. She she came out there on her own on her own volition just to talk to kids and read to kids and and then yeah, for her to be treated like that um 
was really disappointing. She was treated like some villain, you know, like some terrible villain that needed to be shunned away from kids when it's it's the exact opposite. She's she's exactly um, the type of person that I think our, our young ladies should look up to. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You have these books that are for young kids. I think that this is where conservatives or really people who want to get the message out of having strong American values, they need to start with our kids in in ways that you can you can entertain and talk to kids. I mean, really, if you're looking at what the left has done, what these progressives have done, have done, they're going into our kids' worlds. They're meeting them in at TikTok. They are influencing them with commercials on TV, through programs on TV. I mean, even some of these shows that I've watched with my own children, I, it, it's this culture of Dismissing adults, making adults seem like idiots, having children take total control. There is there is a strange infiltration of our children's worlds that is kind of flipping the world upside down. 
on who how to how to parent, how to respect adults, all of this. I love the fact that you're doing this to get involved in kids' lives young. Is there an expansion on this to continue to impact culture? Because we have been remiss on our side of the aisle getting into those spaces. I mean, Kirk Cameron, he's a guy who had a really wholesome show when I was a kid, and I don't see a lot of those anymore. There's there's definitely very few of them, and and, and that's that's really the reason why we exist is, mm. is because there is a big need. And, you know, we as, as parents, as conservative Christian parents, I, we feel that, you know, we've got big plans. Um, we think that we've tapped into to a big need and then we've got the right team and the right product to really be something very special. And I, I don't know if you've seen our books, but our books are just world-class and we, we've got this creative team. That's just like, it, it's as good as it gets. Uh, um, I, I think our books stand up to anything any children's books out there, but you, you sort of have the, have the benefit of not only are there great stories that are really entertaining, but they teach good values that reinforce the values that we as Christian conservative parents hold dear. And, and to me as a parent, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I, I feel the need for, you know, is, is right. like you mentioned earlier, like our kids are being indoctrinated everywhere. That's just the reality that we live in is that our kids are going to be indoctrinated we need to be talking to our kids. We can't just let other people raise our kids and teach them, you know, the values that they, that they need to have. We need to be having those conversations. And what I like about this is that I think in today's, today is different than when I was a kid. And certainly than when my mother was a child where I think that parents are so busy today. Work never ends. The cell phone is always there. You really have to take time to step away. And this provides that space where it's like, okay, the book has come. We have to sit down. This is a, a monthly reminder. How many books come out every month? Are they different age groups or is it just one one that is spanning, whether it's a chapter book or one for the younger kids or one for each? Right now it's a picture book. And so, so like if you go to our website, braybooks.com and you subscribe, you'll get our very first book and it's, it's tailored for like a four-year-old. And then it's going to be a picture book every single month for about five years. And they'll get a little bit more mature, hit a little bit more mature topics until, Hey, it's about, they're about at that age where it's time to switch over to chapter books. We'll have, we'll have some images in there, but, but that, that that's what they start, start wanting, you know, is, is more text. They want to sort of read by themselves and we'll probably send two books every month. Um, whenever that happens. And, uh, but right now it's just strictly picture books. How many writers do you have? We've got a team of four that now they're, they're writers, editors, our core creative team is four people. And our process is really cool. You know, we're writing these stories that really are built to teach, to teach a value. And so we partner with an, an author for just about every single book. And so, you know, they're experts on their topic, you know, so like Dana Lash, is a topic on the second amendment. So mm. we, we basically talked to her and we're like, all right, how do we, how do we write a children's book that teaches that, that teaches the second amendment? That's a challenge. And so we just heard her go talk about the second amendment, talk about, you know, everything in, in that. And we distilled it down and took it into our world and then came back with her with a first draft. And then she was like, well, no, you're missing the mark here. And back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until the end result is 
we've taken the core lesson and brought it into Freedom Island with our characters and made it just really fun and engaging story. So why go from being an ophthalmologist to leaving all of that and saying, I'm going to start this company and create a new publishing company and everything? Why not just say, I'll try a book and get it published and see how it goes? Well, what happened was I, I was saved about four years ago and, and everything in my life changed after that. Quickly after that, I got married, had a kid. And, and so I was just going through a lot, I guess, a lot of big change in my life. And after having Charlotte, seeing it's sort of like when you, when you get a new, new car, you see that new car everywhere. When I had a kid, I was just noticing the indoctrination of our kid everywhere, kids everywhere. You know, I mean, one is it's, it's pretty easy to see, you know, if you get on social media, it is everywhere. And for example, anti-racist baby was number one book on Amazon. My business partner got um, the latest Nancy Drew book, which had a trans character in it. So it was just like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. For whatever reason, it just stuck with me. This, this whole thing, it just, it, at first I was really angry, but then I just was thinking about it, thinking about it. And I'm a pretty creative person. And, and after like a few weeks of thinking about it, this idea for brave books and freedom Island started to come into my head. And then as it became more and more crystallized, it just seemed like so much fun, <laughs> really. I mean, at the end of the day, that's sort of what it was. It was like, man, I don't want to, at the end of my life, think back and mean, what would happen, you know? Cause mm. I, I, I had the sense of like the cultural zeitgeist that we were about to go into, you know? I think a lot of people did. To me, there's no bigger issue right now than, than the war for our kids, hearts, minds, and souls. And, and that's how I felt. I feel like that's how a lot of people felt. And I just had this, this vision that could be, that I thought could be really cool and needed. And so I decided to say, say you know, talk to my wife and be like, Hey, honey, <laughs> what do you think about me quitting ophthalmology and doing something kind of crazy and, and it took some convincing, but, but she was on board. And once that happened, it was. So oh. did you have connections? I mean, did you know Kirk Cameron at that point? No. How this Zero. is a pretty big undertaking. <laughs> Zero connections, zero really experience. We just figured out a way. We, we sent some cold emails out to some conservative influencers because I didn't want to just publish the book, publish a book and nobody know about it. So we thought we'd go the influencer route and had, had Ashley St. Clair responded. She connected me with Jack Posobiec, Elizabeth Johnson, Dan Crenshaw. And that, those are our first four books. Yeah. And then we figured out the e-commerce side of things, the fulfillment side of things, the the creative side of things. And you kind of had to go that route because publishers don't want to publish Christian values anymore. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the model that, that I had in my head was completely different than the traditional publishing route. You know, traditional pub- publishing route, it's, you know, you sell one book at a time. We wanted to mm. sell the world, the subscription and create a community of people. You know, when Amazon sells your books, you don't know who, bu- who buys your books. You have no, you have no relationship with them, but we we're lucky enough to have relationships with our customers. You know, they, they know us, they, you know, I'll send out my thoughts on whatever's in the, in the news and, and they sort of know what we stand for and they fall in love with us. So how do they find you? I mean, it, obviously a lot of people heard about this situation with Kirk Cameron, you have some big influencers that are talking about you. How do they find you? And how many people do you have subscribed right now? They find us all over the place. We've yeah, the, the Kirk Cameron was was huge. We've got our marketing now going to where we're all over, you know, we've we're targeting our our you know, target demographic and 
Hey, the influence, the support from the influencers has, has been huge. Eventually they'll find their way to bravebooks.com and they'll learn more about the, the Freedom Island Book Club and they'll, they'll sign up. We've got tens of thousands of subscribers and, and we're growing very quickly. Our goal is to be at 75,000 by the end of the year. And we've got oh, a wow. work for us, but. Well, what is your advice to someone who is seeing what's happening in culture right now and says, I want to have an impact? Because one of the things that I've been trying to talk to people about is we have these folks who are running for office and they're saying, you know, I'll legislate this and I'll legislate that. But oftentimes we're talking about heart issues and these are not things that you can legislate, you can force people into. You can't create this background of American values. But a lot of people are saying, okay, well, maybe we haven't been in this creative space. Maybe this has been something we've allowed to be taken over and taken away from us. And we want to get back in. And I've seen folks that have tried to make movies, tried to make TV shows. It's very challenging for them. And obviously, you found that even the books are challenging because you had to publish on your own, create a totally new model. What is your advice for people who are scared to take that leap? They're afraid, you know, what if I go broke? What if I can't do this? What, what what have you found and what would you say to them? I found that it's been incredibly rewarding. It's been a lot of fun and I get to sleep well at night, you know, knowing that you know, we're doing good work. And so that's, that's really neat. I've also, my, my life's just been so blessed since, since doing this, I've got to become friends with Kirk Cameron and, and a lot of awesome people like that, you know, that's just sort of front facing. There's a lot of people behind the scenes that I've been, been able to connect with and, and it's been really cool. Um, so yeah, to all the people out there, you know, we need, we need more doers, you know, we need, yeah. we need people that, that, that do things, take some risks and, and, you know, make the best decision for you based on your life situation. If you're young, go for it. <laughs> do you think that the culture war is won that way? Do you think it's a, a capitalist opportunity or do you feel that it has to come through elected officials? Yeah, I would not say it has to come through elected officials. I think those are like, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian and, and I, I think that we need, we need a, more of a spiritual revival than anything. I don't, I don't think coming at it strictly from a conservative perspective is going to do much at the end of the day. I think, I think that, that we need to, that our churches need to step up. I think that we need to, you know, find God as a, as a country again. And, and to me, that's, that's our really only chance of seeing significant change in my opinion. Well, we are so impressed with what you're doing. Give your website, tell people one more time how to find you. Bravebooks.com. That's the place to go. Bravebooks.com. Trent Talbot, thank you so much for stepping out and doing this because as a parent, it means so much to me. And honestly, I think that having run for office, I look at what you're doing and I think this is what we need. We need these folks that can come around communities, come around families, tell them there are other options and you can make that choice for yourself. And it doesn't fall totally to government that this is a choice that we can actually impact on our own. So I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much, Tudor. And thank you all for joining me on the Tudor Dixon podcast for this episode and others. Make sure you go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there and make sure you join us the next time on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Have a great day. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. 
And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.